Hey, Anna, remember that time we did a New Year's special? And welcome to Remember That Time, in historical podcast. I'm your host, Anna Webb. And I'm your host, Amanda Webb. This is a podcast where two sisters totally geek out on all their favorite moments in history. And Happy New Year! Happy New Year! It is 2022. What? <laughs> um, we're recording this on New Year's Day. Yes, we are. Um, because we put this off later Our than whole we anticipated Christmas vacation uh we guys just got real lazy you guys i mean that's really all there is to it we just got a little lazy about mm-hmm. it but here we are in the new year uh-huh. we promised a new year special so we're doing so that's it. what we're gonna do so we're doing uh each of us present a topic yeah episode and before we get into it would you like a drink update? Our first one of the year, twenty twenty two. Yes, I'm having a rose cider. Nice. It's berry y. It's super bubbly because it's been in the fridge for a while. <laughs> Frankly, I can't really even taste it because I'm essentially just drinking bubbles. Uh-huh. But that's okay. Yeah, I thought it's it was pr- appropriate for yeah. the new year. Yeah, I'm changing nothing in the new year by drinking some water. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I just almost had bubbles like fully coming out of my nose. Yeah, I watched it happen. So we're gonna just be careful with that. Yep. Okay. Yep. 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 Um. Yeah. So we're doing each a topic in this here episode. I'm gonna start for us, and I'm gonna talk about the Times Square ball drop, the New Year's Eve event. I love this. Uh huh. We are gonna be saying the phrase ball drop or ball dropping quite a bit, yep. I think. Unfortunately. So, <laughs> so just buckle up, I mean, just I'm... be prepared. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just like was curious as to why this is a thing that we do. Great. And to be quite honest, not a great reason. There's not really any reason at all. Well, which is typical. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Um but I'm here with some fun facts anyway. Let's do it. So uh, the first New Year's Eve celebration in Times Square, not including the ball drop, just right. the first time this event happened, was on uh, December 31st, 1904. The New York Times owner, Adolph Oaks, I think is his think last name, uh, decided to celebrate the opening of the newspaper's new headquarters at one Times oh, Square with course. a fireworks show on the roof of the building to welcome... 1905 smart wow can you imagine that that being like oh we just wanted to open our new building and now we do this enormous spectacular every year yeah That's yeah so funny so close to two hundred thousand wow. people attend the event because it's you know throwing the most famous newspaper in the city in the 1900s yeah, yes, the, yeah. that industry was huge in the that's city true. um throws Still, this big party mm-hmm, yeah in times square and then after it was so successful the first time he just decides oh this is going to be an event that we do every sure. year we're just going to have a new year's party in times square every year at our building right um so he goes on and does this for a few years, but after a little while, he decides he wants a something different to, like, make the celebration kind of bigger and more distinct. Sure. And somebody that works for him suggests using a time ball, like the one on the Western Union building. Oh. You may ask yourself, where is my beautiful wife? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I apologize. <laughs> um, I, but at this point in my research, I went, what's a time ball? What is that? I didn't know what it was or what its purpose was. I can't keep drinking this while we're talking. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was a mistake. Find, find breaks. Okay, it was a big mistake for, to bring that for the drink update. The I, bubbly. I acknowledge that. Uh-huh. Okay, let's just move on. Okay. Um, but I didn't really know exactly what that was or what its uh-huh. purpose was. But it was basically it's basically just a time signaling device that used to be used to help navigators set their timepieces at sea. Sure. So if they were like on the shore, it would drop at like one p.m. So right, they would so they be able to cor- the minute leading up, right. and then the moment they would be able to coordinate their timepieces. And then eventually, it just became like in the same way we kind of use church bells, like the oh, yeah, signal. See. Like people on would the set hour. them off on at noon. It used to be that people would only set them off at one o'clock, and then when it came to America, it was noon. And okay. this is one of those few times where I think we're right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so a few buildings just had them. I guess well, it makes sense for the Western Union. It, yeah, yeah. Um, and so somebody who worked for the Times was like, "Why not that?" And he was like, "Sure." Who knows? Well, why, you're yeah. counting down. Yeah, so it yeah. Makes sense. It's a, it's a a big flashy timepiece, right? Which is what the yeah. celebration is to start with. Um, so he hires a sign designer. Artcraft Strauss, I think. Okay. Is how it's his just name is Artcraft. Artcraft. Yeah, if I'm saying it That's right. That's amazing. Yeah. Um he hires this guy to construct a, a ball for the celebration. It was built from iron and wood. Uh it's electrically lit with a hundred incandescent bulbs. It weighed seven hundred pounds and measured five feet in diameter. Wow. Yeah. Um so it is hoisted on top of the building's 70-foot flagpole with a rope oh, by God. a team of six men. <laughs> and then it would begin to drop at 10 seconds before midnight. Right. Um, because it was just some guys holding it up. Yeah, so um, And then once it hits the roof of the building, it's designed to complete an electric circuit uh, to light a five-foot tall sign with on all four sides of the building that has the, the, the new year. year. And then it triggers the fireworks show. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. So the first ever quote unquote ball drop. <laughs> yep. <laughs> was held on December 31st, 1907, welcoming the year 1908. Wow. So that's a very elaborate. Yeah. Lighting design For show. For 1907. Yeah. Especially. I mean, it's new technology and these people can kind of afford that. That's amazing. Newer technology to create something like that. I just thought right. it was neat. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, so then that was the thing. They continue to hold this event every year with this this particular yeah. ball they use every year. Um, in 1913, the Times actually moves its headquarters out of one Times Square, but they still own the building. And so they're still like oh, okay. evol- involved in throwing the event for the next several years. Eventually, it switches hands to well, of course. some committee or something. But, you know, uh, the original ball is used for the last time in 1919. Uh, and then for the celebration the next year, it's replaced by a ball that's made out of iron. Probably smarter. Yeah. And <laughs> probably the old one was probably starting to get kind of busted because oh, it's made sure. out of wood. And, you know, it's cold. Yes. And occasionally snowy and <laughs> at this event. they have to somewhere to store it. And yeah. it's the 1900s, so it's not like there's a The most of, weatherproof, yeah. yeah. Um, but most of the rest of the, like, electrical system works the same way mm-hmm. in the new one. Um, so this event continues on every single year. 
the only time, still to this day, mm-hmm. that the ball did not drop on New Year's was in 1942 and 1943 because of the war. wartime blackouts, right? right? You weren't allowed to have that many Couldn't lights that on many at lights. night for the for fear of being bombed. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so on both of those years, they did a moment of silence in the minute oh, leading up to midnight. That's morbid. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and it's spooky. Yeah. To imagine. And then they, like, rang church bells. At midnight sure. instead of uh, That's sad. the music in the show. Yeah. I mean, I get it. It's a sad time. Yeah. Um, but still to this day, it's the only time it has never happened. Even during a panorama, mm-hmm. sadly enough. But <laughs> last year, they didn't hold they just did it on the TV, event. The only they people, should have done this year. Yeah. <laughs> the only people they invited were um, first responders and their families. Right. Uh, and then this year, they required vaccination. Just for like, entry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and what? Anyway. <laughs> so they keep using that second one mm-hmm. for several years. And then in the mid-50s, they build a new one. A- again, I assume just because that one is getting old. old. Um, this version of it, they're able to change the bulbs out for different colors. Oh, sure. For different years. Right. So, like, the first time they had this ball on top of the building they like made it red and green to look like an apple for the big apple oh sure and they then love a theme. they do love a theme yeah. and then for several years they like changed out the colors and then eventually they went back to just like white bulbs right. for the theme but they, they were able to do that cool. with this iteration of it um and they used this third one for several years, and it's retired in 1999 uh, in favor of a new ball for the, the new, new millennium. millennium. It was a whole thing. Yes. And instead of just, like, the evening that year, they had a full day New Year's celebration oh, in Times Square. Yeah, and they, like, closed everything I down. Recall, I know, because yeah. Because we also thought the world was in Yes, that, yeah. <laughs> that year. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't, mm-hmm. because I was, what, eight? <laughs> Almost eight. So I didn't think the world mm-hmm. was ending. Um, I just knew that I got Y2K pens um, from school. Pencils, excuse me. I was a one years old. Yeah, so. you were a baby. Yeah. I have no memory of that. But I do. <laughs> um, so this is the fourth one. Uh, it measures six feet in diameter, weighs over a thousand pounds, and incorporates a total of 600 halogen bulbs. Right, yeah. And then they start using the a design of 504 triangle-shaped crystal panels provided by Waterford Crystal. And then they are now, like, the partner every year. They, like, work with these crystals. Um, It has strobe lights. It Uh spins. It has a a system of mirrors so that it can do, like, a light show instead of just being a lit-up thing. Yes, it was a whole big deal. And then from this year on, the crystals that they put on the ball and this one and then all other ones going mm-hmm. forward are, like, inscribed with the theme of the year. Oh, so sure. for several years, it was, like, hope for blank for right, something. Yes. And so Waterford provides these inscribed crystals to put in the certain places on the ball every year that are relevant to theme. You're having a great time with I that beverage. I can't chip it too far mm-hmm. because then the bubbles come. Mm-hmm. This is a struggle. Wow. You guys, we're starting off 2022. In a weird way. Uh-huh. Okay. In this episode, on this day. So, in 2008, they create a fifth new ball uh, for the centenary. Yep. Wow. 
celebration. So the hundredth anniversary centenary, I think. Yeah, yeah. For the hundredth anniversary of the right. show. Yes. Uh it uses LED bulbs oh, and oh, has geez. a computerized lighting system. LED bulbs hurt my eyes. Yes. <laughs> but it's much more energy efficient oh, well, yeah, than the old ones. Is. Organizers said that it consumed an equivalent amount of ele- electricity to ten toasters. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I think being able to control, computerize yes. the lights yeah. helps. Yeah. And the sure. bulbs are like significantly more efficient right, than the halogen right. bulbs. Um, they only use it for the hundredth year celebration. This particular ball. So you know, it was more mm-hmm. energy efficient, but ultimately mm-hmm. a waste of money. Uh-huh. It is. <laughs> okay. It's now on display in the Times Square Visitor Center. Some of the old oh, ones are okay. also on display in some other places. Right. But I think they built this one as a test for the next one, which we'll talk about in a second, um, to well, test and the technology for the purpose of displaying. Yes, it too. and for the purpose of saying this is the one for the hundredth year. Like yeah. they, I think they were like ready to make a new one. But weren't ready to display the, like, finished product yet. So they made this, like, tester tester that could be the hundredth ball. And then they can just save it. So for 2009, they bring out a larger version of this same or or similar design. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Icosahedral geodesic sphere. Wow. (laughs) Um. Lit by 32,256 LED lamps. Specific. Yeah. Uh, its diameter is twice as wide as the 2008 wow. one. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, it's 12 feet. It contains 2,688 Waterford crystal panels oh and weighs over 11,000 11, pounds. Yeah, I was making sure I read that right. Yeah. What? Um, a fun way to spend our money. Yeah. Uh, it's designed to be weatherproof now, which none of the other that ones were sense. before, because now they d- display it full time right, on top of there. one time yeah. square. Um, so it's always there on that pole all year round. Mm-hmm. And they still use the same building. They still use one time square yeah. for the celebration every year. That's like a thing now. Yes, it is. Um and it's set up for it. Now. Yes. And they this is still the one in use. So this right, one was yeah. for 2009 into 2010 and, and it's use. still in use, which I would hope so cuz yeah, my god. It's a lot of money. Uh, but we've also stopped so aggressively being like new lights and new technology like this for now. this is more adaptable to the tech yeah. like you know if it's already computerized you can update the computer system right. without having to change the whole thing out. Um so that's more or less the history of, like, the event. Yeah. A couple fun facts about the event that I did not know. And also just some interesting things. Uh, According to the National Weather Service records, since the 1907 to 1908 year, the average temperature for the ball drop is 34 degrees Fahrenheit. The warmest one occurred uh in the 1965 to 66 and 72 into 73 when the temperature was 58 degrees i wonder if this year beat it i am curious <laughs> I yeah i don't think it was fi- i don't think it was quite as warm it's been in warm the here evening. yeah but i don't know how warm it's been yeah. in new york uh the coldest was in the 1917 to 18 event which uh the temperature was one degree fahrenheit and the wind chill was negative 18. <gasps> oh. And you know people were still out there yeah, at that. No, thank you. Like, what? That's not for me. Yeah, I'm not interested in that. Um, I mean, I'm not interested in going at all. Under any no, conditions. No, no, no. But <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so here's something I did not know. There is like a series of songs that they always play yes. after the fireworks in order. Yeah. And I just have never noticed that before. Yeah. So the ball drops, there's fireworks, and then the first verse of Auld Lang Syne, uh, the theme from New York, New York by yeah. Frank Sinatra, uh, America the Beautiful by Ray Charles, the Ray Charles mm-hmm. version, uh, What a Wonderful World. Yeah. And then somewhere over the rainbow slash what a wonderful yeah. world uh, is always what plays after, yeah. which I did not know. I thought that was very interesting. I always hear it in the background. But guys, yeah. my best friend's birthday is New Year's Eve, so we're usually, like, having a party. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always just on. Yeah. So I always, like, hear it in the background when we're putting off parties. Yeah, see, I, like, just tune that yeah. out. I don't pay attention <laughs> don't to it, so I don't notice that it's yeah. the same. Um, and then this I also found interesting. Since the 2005 to 6 mm-hmm. event – uh, the drop has been directly preceded by oh, yes. playing John Lennon's Imagine. I knew that. Uh, yes. At 11.55. So right, they play so it, it like leading up. up. Mm-hmm. And then until the 2009 to 10 event, they used the original recording and now they have somebody perform it. Right, yes. Leading up to the drop. Uh, this one is... Oh, oh God. Yes. At least okay. 3,000 pounds of compe- confetti is dropped from the roofs of eight Times Square buildings by a team of 100 volunteers, which internally they call the confetti dispersal engineers, which I found delightful. <laughs> That's environmentally friendly. Yeah, and a, and a lot of them. Yeah, I know. And I was also reading that they're slightly bigger yes, pieces of confetti. Because they read they, better on TV. Well, because of how they have to fall. Mm-hmm. They want them to look the right way as right. they fall. On TV, yeah. they want them to read right on yeah. TV. Yeah. Um, I did not know this. Some of the pieces are inscribed with messages of hope for the mm-hmm. new year, which are submitted via a wishing wall put in Times Square in December. And visitors can write on the actual pieces of confetti yeah. that will fall. I've heard of that. And then people can also submit them online. Yeah. Well, I just thought, yeah, sure. I just thought that was neat that yeah, they that could write cool. on the actual pieces that it's are like, going to fall. Because you could like cool. find one and keep it. It's very cool. Yeah. But it's also like. Come on. Yeah. But we do the same thing every time we have a ticker tape parade, you know, like the U.S. Women's National Team mm-hmm. wins the World Cup, and then we parade them through New York City and drop so many of those big confetti pieces mm-hmm. <laughs> all over. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, after the f- the whole thing is over, cleanup is performed overnight yeah. to get rid of the confetti and all the trash because they have to be to able to open Times Square up again in yeah. the morning because they close it, like, in the late afternoon and it just stays closed until the next morning which is super fun i'm sure for people who live there yep uh when it's reopened to the public the following morning there's there, there's usually nothing there yeah, like, like they're really yeah it's very yeah. efficient um so this is just a statistic to show that following the 2013 to 14 drop the new york city department of sanitation estimated that it had cleared over 50 tons mm. of refuse Ugh. from times square in eight hours like using 190 job. workers from their own crews and the times square alliance that sounds like which is like really the worst job. yeah that does not like it's a it's new year's and the first thing you're gonna do is clean up all that trash and people are gross yeah like, people especially are in gross. a place like that when yeah. they're all packed in and just like drunk yeah it's a mess yikes yeah i feel for those people yeah but i just thought it, i was curious as to why we do it and yeah, it was literally just because some guy was like let's throw a party you know like that's well, all he, he wanted was to do trying to celebrate his accomplishments yeah and then he was like let's keep doing it yeah right, i'm gonna readjust your screen here because i can't read on that little tiny space okay. that you have created for yourself and 
I'm going to talk about. Are we ready to move on? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, great. Um, I am going to talk about the song that you mentioned previously, mm-hmm. Old Lang Syne. Yes. Um, kind of, we're going to jump a little bit. Okay. Because there are some facts about, like, the writing of the song. Okay, the, cool. Uh, the lyrics, and then a little bit about the tune. Okay. And then I've got some, like, fun facts or interesting facts about, like, yeah. how it's used in other ways. Yeah, I'm, I was interested as to why this is, like, the New Year's song. Yeah, we're yeah. going to get into it. Okay, so Auld Lang Syne is a Scots-language poem, which is usually attributed to the writer Robert Burns. Uh-huh. Um, and he wrote it down in 1788, and it's based on an old Scottish folk song. Um, the phrase loosely translates to um, old time's sake. So you're saying for old time's sake, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the direct translation is a little bit different, but, like, it doesn't make sense the way we would say it now. And also so. <laughs> it's a much older version of the language. So, it is, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the song that we know now obviously originates as that poem, um, but it probably wasn't fully written by Robert Burns, actually, Hmm. um, because it, okay, so (laughs) he actually wrote it down. It's this version of an old Scottish folk song, Mm -hmm. and he himself was like, I recorded it from this old man Mm -hmm. who told it to me. Okay, sure. So it's both this, you know... Oral history plus whatever kind of embellishment he that put he in put as a in writer. It, yeah, um, it bears a resemblance to um, another um, ballad called "Old Long Sign," um, which it's like old time sense or something like okay. that, um, which was originally printed by James Watson in 1711. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of I think where most people believe it stems from although you know it's with just a lot been of that, around for a long with time with a lot of that oral history it, this is usually how we end up getting it recorded in the first place is somebody right. writes it down and formalizes it and then that's what gets spread yeah so that's a, i think that's a pretty common story for old folk songs like that right but robert burns writes it down and he submits it to the scots musical museum in 1788 oh and so that's kind of where we get the oh because he's like trying to preserve this old folk song so he submits right. it to the okay that's interesting and he says i took it down from an old man uh-huh um when it was transcribed mm-hmm. um so you know you can basically say it was co-authored by this person or it was just that he transcribed it and then kind of put in his poetic made it input. yeah made it sound pretty because right. he's a poet um okay so then in 1793 um he writes to someone named james johnson and james johnson is assembling a book of old scottish songs hmm. and this is what he writes to him uh, the following song, an old song of the olden times, and which has never been in print, nor even in manuscript, until I took it down from an old man. So again, he's Clear not trying yet. to hide the fact that he took he it down He didn't make it up. Someone. He didn't make it up. And it's not totally clear whether or not Johnson um, credited Burns in his credits in the book, but that is the first time it's published. Okay. Um, and actually, it didn't actually get fully published until 1796. After Robert Burns had died. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't in print for a long time. It was mm-hmm. transcribed and then kind of. In that shared. museum. And mm-hmm. then, yeah. Um, like I said, some similar poems existed before this. Um, 
Some examples are Sir Robert Ayton, um, who died in 1638, had written something called, a poem called Old Long Sign. Like that other one. Uh Mm Uh-huh. And then that was published in 1711. Okay. As the other one. Uh Um, And uh, that's usually cited as the inspiration. But the Scottish poet Alan Ramsey also published a poem in 1720 that begins with the line, should old acquaintance be forgot. Mm -hmm. But other than that, it's not really that similar to the poem. So Mm -hmm. it's possible he pulled that line from there. Or or maybe that's just how some... Folk songs start the same way, in the same way that like a lot of in some of those a lot of Irish um, blessings start like with the same phrase. Yes, it, yeah. you know it's that that seems similar to me, right? Yeah, um, but the melody also existed before we had the words sure. that we use now. So the English composer William Shield used a similar similar tune um, in his comic opera Rosina, which hmm. was first performed in 1782. Um, another version of that melody um, was published in 1792 um, in a four-volume, uh, in that four-volume Johnson compilation, oh. um, an earlier volume than the one that uh-huh. the poem was printed in, um, but with entirely different words. Okay. Again, this is very common, too. Yes. To, to take poems and set them to old tunes. I mean, mm-hmm. every... Protestant hymn under yes. the sun <laughs> yeah. was well, an was English drinking this, song originally. The tune we use now is also in a lot of hymns. Yeah. Um, it sure is. Yeah. But the melody that we, we know now uh-huh. was probably suggested by the music publisher George Thompson, and it was published in 1799 in the second volume of his book called Select Songs of Scotland. Um this publication also moved the second verse. So the second verse was the one about greeting and toasting. Uh-huh. And it moved it to the end of the song. Oh, sure. Which is how we sing it uh-huh. now. It's interesting to think that, like, I mean, obviously with these oral songs, we often don't have the same tune that they had originally. Yeah. You know, so I'm I'm curious what the original tune was. Well, it was, was also a poem. Yeah. So they might not have sang it right. all the time. So it didn't really have a tune that well, went he, with it. When he submitted it originally, it was to a music museum when yeah. Robert Burns submitted it. But, you know. Yeah. Poetry music yeah. is it's just, it, submitted it, together. It just is interesting. I don't know that it had a... Tune, tune when before. he was alive necessarily. I don't know. I didn't look too deep into that. Um, but this is how it becomes a New Year's tradition. Ready? Okay. So in 1929, the band leader Guy Lombardo, or possibly Guy Lombardo, I don't know. Um, and his band, they play Auld Lang Syne as traditional music while they're performing at Transition. Oh, thank start, you. Just start the sentence over. Oh yeah. god, where was I? I would just start from this is how it becomes a New Year's tradition, because I can just cut that out. Okay. So this is how it becomes a New Year's Eve tradition. Okay. Okay. So in 1929, the band leader Guy Lombardo, or possibly Guy Lombardo, I don't know how you say it, um, and his band, they perform Auld Lang Syne as transitional music while they're performing at New York City's Roosevelt Hotel during a New Year's Eve broadcast. And it was played just after midnight, and it's broadcast over the radio sure. and television airwaves. So it kind of inadvertently spawns this tradition. That's really interesting. 
And he and his band called, um, it's Guy Lombardo. I'm going to say Guy because it's, he's Canadian. I'm guessing that's it. Um, Guy Lombardo and his Royal Canadians, this is the group, <laughs> they perform it on New Year's Eve for decades until he passes away in 1977. Huh. That's so interesting. So it was just a tune they were playing. To transition. As like somebody was like counting down the mm-hmm. new year. Yeah. And it just became a tradition. That's yeah. really interesting. It's interesting that this tradition is younger than the ball drop because I yeah. associate them in my uh, yeah, head because yeah. I just well associate, like, in America yeah, it is. yes yes it's yeah. not worldwide because it's part of the um hog money traditions in Scotland sure. well before we get it sure and it's um part of some other English speaking traditions sure. but it's obviously Scotland uh-huh. is like the big one before it comes to us interesting um and the way that they do it in Scotland is that they all um form a circle and they hold hands and they sing and then at the beginning of the last verse they cross their arms so they're holding you know my right hand is holding your uh-huh and you cross your arms and you sing the last verse and then you lift and turn out of the circle so you're you face into uh-huh. the new year <laughs> yeah that's exactly right uh-huh um sorry i have to i love that um i thought this was interesting um the tradition of singing the song when parting, because that's, you know, uh-huh. with crossed hands linked, arose in the mid-19th century among Freemasons huh. and other fraternal organizations. Huh. Interesting. So, like we said, it's also used for some other things. So, it's also often used to represent, like, new beginnings or endings of certain things. Mm-hmm. Like, um, in Scotland, I think they sing it at weddings a lot. Sure. Um, it's sung at funerals, graduations. Um, it's used a lot at jamborees for the scouts. Oh, that was mentioned oh, like okay. top of what I was I, reading. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> this these ones I just found interesting. The election of a new government. The last lowering of the Union Jack as a British colony achieves independence. <laughs> So, I want the Scots to do that to Britain so I bad. Know. Oh my god. When they finally get their independence, because let's be honest, one of these days, I want them to do that so, so bad. bad. Oh, they will. Oh, the, I'm sure oh they my will. god, that'd be powerful. I'm oh, sure wow. I love that. <laughs> um, The melody, so that's the whole song, but mm-hmm. the melody is also used, obviously, like we said, for hymns. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of sports clubs yes. use it for their songs. Uh-huh. Um, and for a while in the 40s, it was used as the national anthem of South Korea, which I found interesting. Huh. Um, and as an anthem uh, for the Maldives until, or I'm sorry, Maldives, Maldives. until 1972. Huh. Um, and then they also use it for celebrations and memorials of Robert Burns. Of course. Um, in the Netherlands, it's the melody for the Dutch football team's song, uh-huh. which I love. I love the Dutch football team. Um, We're just into facts at this point. Sure. Um, I found this really interesting. The first recording of the song um, was made on wax cylinder in 1898 by the Englishman Charles Samuel Myers and Alfred Court Haddon. Um, And they sang it to demonstrate the new technology Oh. While they were on expedition to record Aboriginal Australian music. Huh. I found that 
incredibly interesting. That's very interesting. And if you want to listen to the original recording, you can find <gasps> it on the British Library Sound Archives website. That's amazing. Yeah. Whoa. Um, the first commercial recording was probably done by Frank C. Stanley, who recorded it in 1907. Um... The 1947 uh, record of Lombardo's version is the one that's played in Times Square mm-hmm. um, after the ball drop. It's Decca Records. That's yes. That's um, Bing Crosby's yes. label. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, a couple other just little things I found interesting in 1997 on June 30th, the day before Hong Kong was handed over from the United Kingdom to the People's Republic of China. Mm-hmm. The tune was played by the silver and pipe bands from the Royal Hong Kong Police Force at the departure of Hong Kong's 28th and last British governor, Chris Patton, from his office residence. Huh. I was like, that sounds pretty amazing. That's so interesting. That that tradition is really interesting to me. Yeah. I so desperately want the Scots to be able to take I know, me of too. Oh my god. Um, in 2009, on November 30th, um, St. Andrew's Day, students and staff at the University of Glasgow sang the song in 41 languages simultaneously. Oh my god, thinking about that makes me want to weep. I read this and I was like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, I, I had too. totally forgotten about that it. That makes me want to cry. That's beautiful. That makes me think of that scene in the uh, Patrick, Patrick Stewart, Stewart. <laughs> Christmas Carol <laughs> yeah. where they sing Silent Night. Yeah. All over the world. And it's the weirdest TV commercial cut in history. Ever. But the scene is so touching. It's lovely. Yeah. And then last little fact here. In 2020, Mm -hmm. on January 29th, the song was sung by members of the European Parliament when the Brexit withdrawal agreement was passed, (laughs) ending the UK's membership in the European Union. (laughs) They did it to themselves. No, the (laughs) European Parliament did it to them when they left. (laughs) As if the European Parliament was a colony of it. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> That's iconic. I mean... I don't know how to work your computer. Got it. Um, yeah, so that was quick. I know there wasn't quite as much as yours, but um, I found the uh, different uses and stuff very oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's so funny that it became a New Year's song just because one guy wants... Played well, it was at so New Year. lovely. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. It was so like oh, thematically, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people use it around Christmas time too. Oh, like it's yeah. a similar kind of. It's that tradition of parties, right? right. Like ending yes. a party with that song. But it it thematically is so perfect for that. Yeah. That like of course that's it would just fit fit right in there. Yeah. 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 So that was a quick episode. Yeah. Sorry for such a short one. Um, you know, it just happened. Yeah. Um, but I hope you guys found that interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a new year. This is our 80th episode. It is. We should hit 100 this year. That's wild. In theory. I can't believe. I know. Um, well, thank you all for listening for so long. Um, yeah. I don't know what's coming up this year. I, I do know what I'm doing next, though. Okay. I'm going to do Jonathan Larson for the next episode. Oh, right. You watch Tick, Tick, Because I'm so. having a moment yeah. where I care very deeply about it. So the next one sh- should be Jonathan Larson. I'm going to try really hard not to sing Rent songs the whole time. but No promises. We'll see how successful yeah. I am. Um, okay, great. So we'll do that next time. And mm-hmm. then I don't know And then who knows? <laughs> it's Nebulos. Um, that was Michael Scott quote. Uh-huh. Uh, so... 
if any of you have suggestions for topics for the year of our Lord 2022, <laughs> um, or if you have questions or whatever, you can email us at rememberthatpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at RTTPod. We're also on Facebook if you just search the name. It's not hard. Um, we would really love it if you would leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to this podcast. I'm going to try to get us on Spotify soon. I just am really bad at remembering to do it. Cool. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. No promises, but I'm hoping to get there at some point. Um, and if you want to find me on the internet, I'm at the real Anna Webb. And I'm at ACW Nerdfighter. Did it. Yeah. Here well, we go. We hope that you have a very happy new year and safe yes stay safe out there folks and if you're not vaccinated yet please for the love of god get your shot do that and that's my two cents great uh and until next time remember that time